Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Fanboy Comics Podcast. Of course, I am your host, Clay, and today, today's Saturday, and I'm actually really pumped for today just because I got to read two brand new Shonen Jump mangas here. Uh, one is a little bit older. I think it already has like several, like I think 70 or 80 chapters. One is fairly new with only three chapters in it. That's the one we're going to be starting off with. And that is Time Paradox Ghost Rider. Uh, very, very interesting concept that I learned from a good friend, Jim, from the uh, Weird Science podcast, the DC and Marvel podcast. And then uh, the other is uh, My Hero Vigilante, which that one has kind of been on my radar ever since I started reading My Hero Academia. But I did a poll uh, a couple months ago, or I think just a month ago. And, you know, for the poll was for either that or Black Clover or Naruto. And it was a really close uh, uh, tie. Well, it wasn't even a tie because My Hero Vigilante did win uh, by quite a few. But it was fairly close, to be honest. It was it was between Naruto and My Hero Vigilante. And I'm kind of happy that there is somewhat of a catching up point with My Hero Vigilante because Naruto is just 700 chapters and it's already finished, you know, and then we would have to jump into something like Baruto, which, you know, I eventually, you know, want to go back to Naruto once I have that, like, inkling to go back. But uh, we are going to be talking about Time Paradox Ghost Rider first. Then, of course, we're going to go with uh, My Hero Academia, then go to My Hero Vigilante, and then, of course, to end it all we're going to run for uh, Veroni Kenshin. And uh, with how we've kind of caught up with everything, it looks like we're going to be uh, setting up with the uh, three to five uh, different chapters for each one. Uh, My Hero Academia is going to be five chapters, so we are going to be talking about that. Uh, but let's go ahead and start off with uh, Time Paradox Ghost Rider, and then we'll go from there. But also, please share the podcast. Uh, please, please, please press that share button and subscribe to the podcast uh, for all of your, of course, manga friends, anime friends, DC Universe friends, and Marvel friends. Because, of course, other than Saturdays, we do have shows like the Thursday show where we talk about both Marvel and DC. And, of course, the Ultimate Fridays where we talk about alternate worlds of the Marvel and DC Universe. So let's go ahead and get started. All right. Time Paradox Ghost Rider Chapter 1, 2, and 3. Now, this book I was a little bit hesitant on just because of the meta-ness of it. But it actually ended up being really, really good and really, really funny. So the first chapter is 57 pages long. I'm going to try to basically give you the Cliff Notes version so we can go into chapters 2 and 3. So basically, this story is about, what is his name? His name is, he says it here, uh, Sasaki. Tepai Sasaki. Sasaki is 24 years old, and he has basically used his adult life to basically become a, what they call, a mangaka, which is a, uh, uh, a manga creator. Uh, I thought it was just the writer, but it goes along with the art as well. So I'm learning a little bit more about the 
you know, just overall concept of manga, which is really cool. Uh, a little bit meta, like I said, but really, really cool concept. And they're telling you here the basic ways of like how to, you know, get into being a mangaka, which is, you know, you can be a rookie artist, uh, you know, putting getting put on a book. You can be a uh, a one shot writer or you can get a full series. And he, uh, 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 Sasaki, he won a, I guess, a contest where he was the runner up on a one shot uh, contest. And that's where he has really using his motivation. He's like, okay, I've gotten this far. I need to go further. I need to be that writer, that mangaka that can, you know, get a full series. So he keeps bothering this uh this one editor uh his name i can't remember his name uh kikusi uh which is the which is sasaki's editor and he keeps telling him like this is no good uh it sucks it's terrible uh he says uh the pedestrian premise is flat characters are boring uh and he's saying that it's it's he says it's not like any of well, this one part, he says, it's not like any one part of it is especially bad. The problem is that nothing about it is good. So, like, just, he's a horrible human being. Just giving him, like, the harshest of harsh, you know, criticism towards, you know, what Sasaki has, you know, worked so hard at. And so he rejected his his idea. And he's like, okay, well, can... Can I do another one, you know, so that way you can select it for the next meeting? And he's like, well, the next meeting is like tomorrow at 1 p.m. He's like, fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. And he runs home and he does a whole new concept. And he runs. He gets back there like barely in time. And he's like, well, the story is completely empty. And there's nothing uh, There's nothing here that really excites anything. So I'm sorry, I'm not going to take this whatsoever. And at this point, Sasaki is completely broken. He's super broken. You know, he's reminiscing on, you know, his achievement of getting that runner-up position of the of the one-shot and having his friends, you know, really excited for him when that happened. And then, of course, uh, having a little bit of, uh, you know, some flashbacks to, you know, how his parents, you know, treated him as far as, like, you know, because for me... I, I eventually want to get into the business of comics. I, I love the concept of writing, and, and I have some ideas. But the one thing that has always held me back, and, and my co-host for Batman News Weekly has really helped me push forward with it, but a lot of people are like, oh, that's not going to pay for anything. That's not that's not a real career. You need to get a real, real career. But I give all the props to Sasaki uh, trying to fulfill his dream. And so uh, he is about to quit. He's like, you know what? I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it out loud so that way I know for sure. And he says, I quit. And before he says quit, lightning strikes his house. He is like so scared. He jumps up. He's like, what the heck is this? And it struck his microwave that is on top of his fridge. It's on fire. He is like pouring a bucket of water on it. And all of a sudden, the microwave dings. And he opens it. He's like, how could like how can you be dinging? How could I leave food in here? Like, what, what? Why is? Why are you working right now? And he opens it, and it's a Shonen Jump manga inside. So, 
if I forgot to say in the beginning of this book, uh, he is trying to write for Shonen Jump, which is why I said it was a little bit meta. Uh, because I'm reading a Shonen Jump manga who is, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm reading the Shonen Jump app and we're talking about Shonen Jump. So it's just, it's just funny. But uh, he opens this book. Well, he doesn't even open it yet. He kind of just looks at it. He's like, whoa, the date says 2030. What the heck? It's still 2020. What is going on? Oh, my gosh, this is from the future. And, like, he's freaking out. And at the same time, he's, like, maybe getting excited about the concept of having, like, the inside look of, like, future projects. And he is, like, looking at uh, the the context inside. He's like, okay, well, these are none of these books I recognize. These are completely new stories in this manga. And so he looks on the cover he sees that there is a, uh, it says, a new series called White Knight by Itsuki Ano. Never heard of them. I guess that's a new artist who debuts over the next 10 years. And he opens it and, like, he just, like, reads this concept of, like, he reads the first chapter, basically, of this story, White Knight. And it is, like, absolutely amazing. Like, he's crying. Like, it... This just pulls up so much emotion of how good this story is. And he wants to go back and read some more. And when he goes back to the microwave, it's gone. He can't find it. And he's like, that was so silly. Like, for me to think that that was a real thing, that was so silly. Like, my my microwave does not give me Shonen Jumps from the future. And then it dawns on him, like, yeah. My microwave can't give me, you know, Shonen Jump from the future. This is an idea that my brain just came up with. I need to draw it. I need to write it. I need to write this concept. This is finally something that I can do. This is an original concept. And so he writes it all and he comes running in. And he doesn't, he, he comes running into the Shonen Jump uh, uh, building without permission, basically. And he runs to his editor he's like please please read this please just just do it please and his editor's like just just you know just screw off man you're you're a loser you're a freak like nothing you write is is good enough like just stop just give up and the editor in chief just comes up grabs all of his you know the, his concept art his papers and he starts to read it and but he tells Sasaki that he remembers him and he remembers his is one shot and Sasaki's like oh my god like I have recognition I'm okay with this like yes please please read it and the guy's like this is fantastic this is astounding I can't let you just do it as a one shot it needs to be a series and so they like pass it around the entire office everybody's just like oh my god this is so awesome this is a real thing and it shows that his microwave is still spitting out all of these shonen jumps so I guess while he's away, it's just spitting him out and spitting him out and spitting him out. And we get this concept of this little girl uh, who is, uh, who whose mother, you know, her mother gave her the weekly Shonen Jump. She like quickly grabs it and takes it back to her room. And you can see her, her, her room is filled with Shonen Jump uh, magazines all in bookshelves and you see concept art all on the ground and then you see 
uh, a piece of paper that says White Knight and it's circled. And she says, what is my White Knight doing in Shonen Jump? And she looks at it and she looks at the artist and she's like, how dare you, Sasaki? And it says, to be continued. Now, chapter two and three, chapter two is basically just the fact that, like, he, uh, what is, what is it? This So he he finds the stack of Shonen Jumps at his house. And he realizes, oh crap. This is not... This wasn't a dream. This is real. And he then notices or figures out, like, holy crap, I just plagiarized. I understand that it's in the future, but this is somebody's work. And the next ding that comes out, it's already like freaking uh chapter seven and that's when it dawns on him like oh crap so even though i wrote it you know there's still chapters coming out so i think i created a paradox i created a time paradox and he explains what it is and shows like the difference in the split of a paradox to where it's a parallel and so that way he could possibly still be getting these other volumes while you know still writing his own and you know, he, he wants to tell the truth. And so he goes to, uh, he's about to actually destroy the microwave. He's going to cut the uh, the, the uh, power cord to it so that way it stops. But he gets a call from his new editor, uh, uh, Minoko, or Minoka, I think, M- Munioka. Munioka, sorry. I do not know how to pronounce that. I do apologize. But... Uh, they're already ready for like the next outline and you know uh, they're they're ready to go forward with the series and he's like oh god okay okay and so he meets up with them to tell him the truth about it all in the sense of like okay I can't do this because you know it's plagiarism but this new editor kind of bombards them with this like I can't be- like please don't do this to us we 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 love these characters already and you know they live and breathe just like we do and look at all this fan mail and he doesn't want to, you know, disappoint these new fans because so many people are loving it, which is the one thing that he always wanted. He says, okay, I have to go, I have to go home and read the rest and outline them. And so he, you know, he outlined chapters two and three and, you know, he sent it off to his editor and his editor was just like, basically fell over, you know, tears of joy, He's, this is a wonderful concept, and he walks out, you know, Sasaki walks out, and lo and behold, uh, Itsuki Eno, or Ino, uh, is outside, and she tells him, oh, are you Sasaki, my name is Itsuki Ino, nice to meet you, and so he starts to freak out, he's, he's, he's sweating bullets, and in this third chapter, uh, you know, she shows him the very first concept art and ideas for for White Knight, and he's starting to sweat even more, and he he can't get any words out. She's like, "Are you okay? What what are you, what are you saying? What do you what do you are you okay?" And she pulls out this pen, and she. And he immediately is like, oh my god, he's go- she's going to murder me with her own pen. So she runs off 
and runs and runs and runs and runs and runs. And she finally tackles him and like puts the pin right up to his eye. And she asks, why is he running away? She asks, like, uh, did you spy on my storyboards? Like, what is going on? And she asks him the question, uh, do you, uh, what she say? She says, is there anything that only you can draw? And that's something that his old editor used to ask him. And so he's like, oh, crap, she knows. And so when he really starts to think about his, like, childhood and how he grew up liking manga and how he grew up with, like, taking characters from other mangas and, like, creating his own story with it and kind of evolving that uh, with his, his, you know, original stories, when he did that one-shot that he won runner-up with, the reviews still said, uh, classic shonen manga done well but not very unique, sadly, it left me wanting something more. The other review had high marks overall, but less uh, than the sum of its parts developed. Uh, some uh, is, wait, wait, high marks overall, but less than the sum of its parts. Develop some originality and draw something only you can draw. And so he says, no, uh, I can't. I, I, I can't draw anything. Uh and he says, I just want to, I just want a lot of people to enjoy what I draw. And she is like enthusiastic. She's like, me too. I've got nothing at all. And he is so confused. He's like, what in the world? And basically she sums it up to, you know, there's this saying that there's, there's no longer an original thought. And that is like here in the real world stating that a lot of people may have, the same ideas and you know some people may just you know beat you to the punchline you know and this is basically what she is saying she's saying okay well you know we are so unique that we thought of this whole thing of the white knight and you know you uh you know he's like well why did you aim your pin at me and she's like oh i'm sorry well i was just trying to show you how like dull it was to show you how much i've been working on this white knight concept and she says one day i'm going to draw a manga one quillion uh, quintillion times better than white knight and show that i'm greater than you uh so i leave white knight in your hands good luck the fight is on i'll get some i'll get you someday and she basically sums it up to like, you know, you 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 beat me to the punch. And I'm just like, she's a little bit ditzy, but I hope this new character is not that kind of person. I kind of hope that she finds out about the, the, the microwave, but I don't know. This is a completely new concept. This is the very first time that I'm going to be at the same, I guess, level with everybody in joining in on this manga run you know the only time i've really done that is with you know american comics so this will be interesting i love it so far and uh, i can't wait to see what he does with you know new concepts that come out uh, through his microwave but let's go ahead and jump into my hero academia
All right, so My Hero Academia chapters 191 through 195, sorry. Uh, they are basically the the first three, 191, 191, 192, and 193, are technically in some parts the same as the anime, but there's one big thing that wasn't the same, and that is why I kind of stopped when we did last episode, because this new part that they didn't show in the anime was kind of a big bomb uh and i know a lot of people of course have already caught up to this and they already know this but it was pretty big for me to see and i am very much intrigued uh as to what may be happening uh with this idea so this opens up with dobby who is part of the uh league of villains he is with Endeavor and Hawks right after that whole giant battle with the Nomu. And he is kind of instigating a fight. And it really doesn't go anywhere. Because... Uh, who, uh, I can never say her name right. Um, Mirko? Mirko is the bunny uh, hero who is number three. Uh she or maybe she's number four because i think uh uh genist is number three but uh she pops up out of nowhere and basically dobby runs away and so you know there's this whole uh well before that uh what happens is you see hawks and dobby talking and it looks like Hawks is a villain. And I was like, no fucking way. Like, wh what? Wh how? What is going on? Complete left turn. I was not expecting this. But by, ch uh, by page 13, you realize, oh, crap. He's undercover. And so he is deep undercover in the sense of, like, they need to get information from the League of Villains in order to find out if the Nomus are something that are made with or without uh, the quirks of All for One. And so that kind of leaves it there. And then in 192, this is a story about Endeavor meeting up with uh, uh, Natsu, uh, uh, Todoroki, and then the daughter, I can't remember her name. The daughter's name is, oh gosh. I can't remember her the daughter's name. Uh uh Fu Fuyumi? Maybe. I think that's what it, he says here. But anyway, um there's a little bit of tension going on with uh with Natsu, of course. He does not forgive Endeavor what like at all. At all. And it gets kind of emotional for the daughter and you know, he he says that I'm still trying to atone for my sins and for what's been going on. And there's a... Uh, when, when Natsu leaves, 
there's the the news comes on and you know they are kind of talking bad about uh about endeavor you know and they're kind of like oh well wasn't he like almost dead when that thing happened like when when that monster attacked is he really supposed to protect us every single time that happens and you know a lot of people are giving them crap but then they start talking about the people who are very much behind Endeavor, especially the one kid uh, that kind of pumped everybody up at that battle. Uh, and they're calling him the Cantia Sea guy. And it's funny because they, they even say it here that he's become more of a meme, but it really got more people behind Endeavor. Uh, and so Todoroki says, as a hero, this Endeavor guy is pretty darn amazing. But it's like Natsu said, I'm not ready to forgive you for abusing mom. So heroics aside, what sort of dad are you going to be? That's what I want to find out. Sure, the perfect turning point can actually change someone. I know it's possible. And so he said, like, you know, Endeavor is like kind of thinking back on when uh, Todoroki was in those uh, hero courses with Bakugo and like taking care of the kids. And other, like it was a couple chapters back and his conversation with All Might. And he kind of says to himself here that it was at that moment that he has to safeguard the future for the people. And that's when he kind of really made that change to be a hero. Not just to do heroic deeds, but to really be there for the people. And here is when we get what ended chapter or what ended season set uh I almost said seven, holy crap, no. What ended season four in the anime is uh Deku's dream. And Deku's dream is, like, he sees the predecessors of uh, One for All, and he sees the two brothers, what we can assume are the very first, uh, the very first uh, owner of One for All, and of course, the actual person, because Deku recognizes the voice of uh all for one and it's almost like a memory that he's witnessing as his dream and it gets wild and you see the manipulation of all for one and you know at one point they tried like all for one tried to take uh one for all's quirk and at that point you know all for one this uh this dream and he even talks about it later on and we'll, and we'll get to it basically you know all my head said something about this before you know about you know seeing the predecessors and all that but he talks to deku about oh you must be the ninth uh i want to show you more you're only at 20 percent. be careful we've already passed the singularity but fear not you're not alone and, like, he wakes up. He wakes up in a panic. Uh, some of his room is on fire a little bit just because of the surge of power probably coming from him. And 
what ends up happening here in chapter 94 and 95 this is stuff that i haven't seen yet so this is the very start of new content for me which is very very exciting uh deku goes to all might and he talks about what's going on and all might is very intrigued by this concept of the predecessors like talking to him because that's never happened to either his master or him and it was really funny he's all like oh yeah all might by the way uh your master she was pretty and it shows a flashback of when all might said she reminds me of your of my predecessor and Deku was like, what, my mom? And they have the same hairstyle. And I'll actually go to that again once we get to uh, My Hero Vigilante. But that's that's something else. So let's go ahead and stick here. Uh, we learn that there is another, uh, basically, field test for these young heroes. But it's going to be against uh, their 1A. But it's going to be against 1B. Which I thought was really cool because this is the first time that we saw 1B in full costume. And some of their concepts are really, really cool. Uh, I love still how, uh, what is his name, uh, from 1B, uh, the crazy kid that just hates everybody, uh, Manoma. He is like super pumped to kick their ass because he just wants there to be... Like, they, he wants to be better than 1A, and he, <laughs> he kind of, like, throws it in their face that, uh, that with the festival, they took a poll stating that, uh, you know, who was better, the concert or their theater uh, performance, and it showed that more people liked their theater performance, and so he was kind of, like, throwing it in their face, and, you know, uh, Eraserhead, Aizawa, uh, kind of shut him up by wrapping his cloth around his neck but the really interesting thing is that uh you know they say oh we have a guest for you guys and it's uh shinzo who fought against deku at the uh the the festival tournament or whatever i forgot what it was called uh the sports tournament that was uh broadcast live uh he has the ability to uh basically brainwash people that he has conversations with like like it has to be a conversation there needs to be a back and forth and so he's able to brainwash them and manipulate them uh and so we see him in full get up for the first time as well so i thought that was really really cool uh and here in this last chapter is basically uh setting up that uh that field test basically stating that there will be teams of you know, 1A and 1B will be split up into four teams of four. And then uh, Shinzo will pick a team on both sides. So at, at one give, at any given moment uh, of those teams fighting, somebody will have five and one will have four. And they're like, oh, well, that's not fair. And Aizawa's like, well, you have to think of it this way. Shinzo is was in general studies in class C. He, has nothing, he had nothing to do with heroism. So he is less experienced. And so they're like, okay, okay, that totally makes sense. And so the teams for 1A, because I don't know everybody's uh, 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 name for 1B. Uh, 1A's teams are, team 1 is Asui, Koda, uh, Kaminari, and Kirishima. 
uh, Team 2 is Oyama, Momo, uh, Hagogoki, who is the the, uh, invisible girl, and uh, Tokiyami, which is the bird shadow uh, character. And then 3, it was really funny because uh, Hogakuri, I completely... Like, it looks like there's only three members there, but then you see her gloves holding Shadow. And so I was like, oh, that's hilarious. But uh, Team 3 is Ida, Soji, uh, to- uh, Todoroki, and Jiro. Team 4 is uh, Bakugo, Jiro, uh, Siro, and Soto. And then Team 5 is Do- uh, Deku, Ochaku, Mina, and Mineta. So... I'm super pumped to see how, how all of them work out, but it does show me team one of class B because they are going to be up, uh, you know, for the rest of the chapter or here. So uh, team one is uh, Shiozaki, uh, Shishida, uh, Rune, and Kos- Kosai. Suburabi? I, I, I don't know that name. It's kind of small text. Sorry about that. But, uh, and then, uh, 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 Shinzo, sorry, I'm forgetting all these names like I usually do. Shinzo picks a team. He's going to be in, uh, team one of class B and team five of class A. So, Deku's going to have the opportunity to, uh, to have, well, sorry, sorry, he's team one of class A and then team five of class B. So he is going to be able to have that rematch from the sports tournament uh, when they finally, you know, go up against each other. But the team ones on each uh, class go up against each other and you basically see this new tech that Shinzo has, that he has a, like a face mask and it says persona chords and it says to be continued and i'm i'm super excited to read the rest of you know i'm i want to catch up all the way and if i could just jump i would but i'm too invested in this story i really love these characters and i want to read more about them so i'm going to read five chapters of this one individually probably three chapters for everything else um and I like My Hero Vigilante, but I just have to get into it. And we'll talk about that next. But I'm really enjoying My Hero Academia right now. I hope all of you guys are enjoying it as well. But let's go ahead and jump into My Hero Acad- oh, my Hero Vigilante. It's not... Well, well, it says here, My Hero Academia Vigilantes. So, let's go ahead and jump into that. Alright, so My Hero Academia Vigilantes. There is a .5 chapter... Uh, it is only 18 pages, but it basically tells, it's just a in-class setting of UA, uh, teaching the students what's the difference between a hero and a vigilante. And because there is a licensing system uh, with heroes, uh, being a vigilante is very much a, a crime. And can almost be cons- they can almost be considered as villains, but it also tells you the three characters that we're going to be dealing with. That being the uh, Punishing Fist Geezer Knuckle Duster, the Pounding Expeditionist Girl Pop Step, and the Kindly Dude Nice Guy. Those are our three vigilantes, 
And so in chapter one, uh, we get, you know, the establishment of these characters, which is really, really funny. Uh, you know, once again, uh, his name is uh, Kochi uh, Hamari. He is a nice guy. But you see his quirk for the very first time. And it is slide and glide. He needs three points of contact on the ground. That being his two feet and one of his hands. But he can use uh, all fours, of course. But he is using his quirk to get around, uh, like, transportation-wise. And, of course, using quirks without a license is illegal. Uh... And he can only move as fast as a one-speed bike. And so he does get stopped by a police officer who's like, Hey, I, I know that your quirk is a movement type of quirk, but why don't you just use a bike, dude? You're like, Here, here's this bike. And he kind of just runs away. He's like, screw you guys. I'm not going to listen to the man. And he ends up bumping into like these really like just thugs. And... They are like basically, oh, you bumped into us. Look, you made me spill my soda. And he like, he, he like basically just like pours it out completely on his own. And so he like starts to apologize. And then he even says, Kochi says, like, usually when I apologize like this to people, it, it ends up them like kicking me in the process. So he like uses evasive action while he's kneeling down, which looks really, really funny. And then he continues to use his quirk to run away. But he sees Popstep because she is uh, famously known as a uh, a girl that is using her quirks, of course, uh, illegally. But she is what her name insinuates is a pop star. And so she's singing uh, like this small little outside concert. People are all there. And... Uh, Kochi realizes that the police are coming, and so he warns her. She runs off. And, you know, the one thing that, I, I mean, doesn't really bother me too much, but I can totally tell that they're using it very sexually here, is the fact that, like, a lot of people know her for, like, her upskirt view shots or whatever, because she does... Her her, her quirk isn't flying. She, uh, she bounces. And so she can bounce off of basically any... Uh, any surface i guess and she she kind of floats pretty high and you know it has a lot of butt shots here and so he warns her about the police she runs away and uh he goes back to work but those thugs end up you know being at his job and so they throw him outside they're about to beat him up and they basically do they end up beating him up but then he's like you know what uh i'm not gonna take this not tonight I'm going to get into my suit, which is basically a All Might hoodie. And he does some good, you know. And it's so funny because it shows him. He uh, he helps people who drop items from their purses. He gives people directions. Uh, he uh, calls rides for, you know, people who are a little drunk. And it's so funny because the person that he's giving directions to really looks like Deku's mother. And so I don't know if that's like on purpose or not, but it very much looks like her. And then he's like, oh, and I take pictures for tourists and I recycle and everybody knows him as nice guy. So they're all thanking him. He's like, oh, man, thanks a whole lot, man. You know, you're so very kind. Uh, you're doing it again, nice guy. And he kind of has the limelight or whatever. 
But he bumps into Pop Girl again. And they're kind of, you know, she's like, is that all you do? Is you're just the nice guy? Like, why don't you do anything more? And, you know, he he wants to do more. But he's just like, this is what this is who I am. And uh, she does end up bumping when she runs away from him. She uh, she does end up bumping into these thugs. These guys are everywhere. The same thugs that uh, Koshi was dealing with. And they, like, pin her up against a wall. They unzip her jacket. They see her uniform. And they're making very uh, disgusting, like, sexualized jokes about it. They are, like, threatening to, like, rip off her clothes. And just disgusting, disgusting things. And Kochi just isn't having it. He, uh, he's, like, suiting up. And he, like, starts to slide. And knocks two over. And then he tackles the main dude. And then it says maybe like he's he's like tell, he's talking about what all he's doing and then it says maybe and then it re- you realize that he hasn't even moved an inch because like his legs are shaking and he's very nervous and so he's about to get down he starts to slide and he bumps into one other dude but he can't even knock him down he's so weak and this dude like just throws him everybody starts to like beat up and wallop on him but this random dude who we all find out to be knuckle duster comes out of nowhere and starts to beat the ever living crap out of all three guys and in the midst of this he is looking at all of their tongues for some odd reason and he tells him that the reason why he's looking for uh you know the whole tongue thing is that it has something to do with drugs and uh, uh, Kochi is able to slide and hit this one last dude, the leader of these thugs, because he then takes uh, a pop step as like a hostage and he's ready to like really mess her up. And so uh, Kochi slides into him, takes him down, and then Knuckle Duster does the rest by beating the crap out of him. And so. Knuckle Duster basically tries to recruit Kochi, and he's like, eh, yeah, no, you're crazy. I'm not going to do this. This is this is not for me. And these three thugs, uh, you know, are walking away. They're saying how, like, scary that one dude was, and they bump into what looks like this dude. Uh, you don't see his face. You just see him open a briefcase saying, I think I have just what you need. And he says that he is, like, somewhat of a doctor. And so in these last two chapters, uh, you get to really see Knuckle Duster and uh, Kochi starting to work together. And at the same time, Popstep is still like there. And she's like, oh, hello again. You know, she just randomly shows up. And, you know, they tell her, oh, we're looking for, uh, you know, these druggies because they're looking for this thing called trigger and what knuckle duster has told them is that trigger is this drug that makes people into almost instant villains and it kind of like whacks them out and so you know knuckle duster is just wanting to beat up everybody who comes by like everybody who walks by them he is literally wanting to beat the crap out of them 
And Kochi is like, no, 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 you, you don't do that. You don't do that, man. You just don't beat up everybody you see. We have to investigate smartly. And, you know, Pop Step is like, oh, well, why don't we just do a, you know, a search, see if there's anywhere, like, directly related, like, area-wise related to this whole trigger thing. And they start to, like, look some stuff up, but... Uh, there's this dude that randomly come randomly comes up. He's a he's a businessman, and he uh, you know knuckle duster grabs him and is about to like beat the crap out of him. And Kochi says no. This dude drops his suitcase, and like dolls come out. And he's like, see, look, he doesn't have anything. He just has toys, action figures. And the guy is like, oh, I actually work for a toy company. You know that's why I have these toys. And Aizawa comes up. The first, like, real hero is seen, like, in the actual story. And he's like, guys, like, what are y'all doing? And so Aizawa and Knuckle Duster start to get into this fight. And uh, <laughs> it's so funny because Kochi tells this, uh, this businessman, like, hey, can you please tell this pro hero that we are not villains and that we were you know just trying to look for, for these bad guys he's like uh no i'm sorry i have to go and then pop step is like oh all these videos and photos of you know these whacked out villains like this guy seems to be in all of these photos and so she tells him you coachy you need to go after this dude he's super suspicious and it's so cool because uh, Aizawa ends up using his quirk on uh, on Knuckle Duster, and something's just not work. Like it, something's not working, and he's like, "Okay, that's odd," and you realize. That the three thugs, again, like I said, they are everywhere. They end up showing up. And they're ready to beat the crap out of Kochi. And so, everybody's getting into this fight. Knuckle Duster is in the fight. But Aizawa is also helping them. And this salesman, this businessman, inside of his toy was actually an injection. And he injects him. And he turns into this giant dude, literally like skyscraper giant with four hands. And he has a uh, pop step in his arms and he's like crushing her. And Knuckle Duster has like a grappling hook where he's like, you know, swinging and beating the crap out of this giant. And he drops pop step. Now the thing is, she can't fly. Uh, she, her quirk is leap. She can't fly. So she's just falling. And so what's really cool is that Kochi gets on all fours, starts to, uh, uh, slide and glide on the ground, but then puts his hand up on a building and he goes up towards the building and then jumps off of it and basically uses his body as a as a stepping stool where she can bounce and you know get steady and while now he's falling and he's like oh this is this is what happens i'm i'm just going to i'm going to fall and i'm going to die 
but this monster is able to like slap him but he's able to take the momentum of this monster's hand put three points of contact on him slide down his hand a little bit and then jump off into a pile of garbage in an alley and so uh Aizawa is able to use his quirk of erasing a quirk and tie up this villain and he confronts Knuckle Duster and he's like you don't have any powers you don't have a quirk and he's like no I don't and I thought that was awesome this dude is basically Wildcat is what I thought of in the DC universe he is Wildcat he's an old geezer that just wants to do some good and I love it like this has already got me like super pumped for the series and you have a little bit of sass coming from pop step you know not really you know agreeing with the methods that these guys are doing and she's like trying to like thank kochi for what he did but he is like oh i've always wanted to be the hero you know kind of just like trying to get the situation in a, in a better light and she's like oh well if you're gonna be annoying and arrogant then i'm not gonna say thank you and she kind of just walks away and <laughs> and and freaking knuckle duster he's like you know thank you so much for you know following my lead on this and you know at one point you called me master he's like oh well i i called you master because knuckle duster was just too hard to say at that moment and he's like you're right uh words and actions that pop out of uh pop out without thinking they reveal how you really feel admit it to yourself you want to be a hero and that's kind of where it ends and so chapter three is really funny because we get to see uh this small confrontation between two civilians going around and they are cyclops and wolverine that's basically what they are uh you can very much see it uh this wolverine character has an x on his hat and uh there's a visor dude and the wolverine dude has like swords coming out of his wrists so he is very much like a wolverine and cyclops and you see a uh, kochi come around and he's no longer a nice guy he is known as or he gave himself the new hero name of the crawler and this is basically just uh you know another uh trigger user comes up out of nowhere and the heroes take it down, uh, that being, well, the vigilantes take it down, that being Knuckle Duster and uh, the Crawler. While Popstep is talking to these uh, Wolverine and Cyclops knockoffs, you know, they kind of got them to stop fighting because of this whole thing with this new trigger guy. And this is basically just a chapter to explain what trigger is. And they're using these characters. To basically be us and informing them what this drug is. And then you get these new characters of detectives and inspectors uh, for, you know, the police department. And they're realizing, okay, well, there seems to be some vigilantes, you know, out on the loose. And, you know, it kind of stops there. So, I am intrigued. I am, you know, for sure going to, you know, uh, continue to read this story. Um, I don't know how much it connects to the actual story of My Hero Academia. I think it would be kind of cool for them to team up with maybe some of these uh, some of these heroes, uh, especially the young ones, of course, the, the heroes of UA. So I don't know. 
it'll be fun. But uh, let's go ahead and jump on to the last book of the night. This episode's running a little bit longer. Uh, that being Roroni Kenshin. Alright, so My Hero Academia. Uh, here we... Or My Hero Academia. I'm so dumb. I'm, I'm not feeling all that great. Like, after I sat here for almost an hour now. Uh, phew, yeah, I have like a huge headache and I'm starting to sweat. I don't know if I'm getting sick or what. But, uh, Rurouni Kenshin, chapters 22 through 24. Here, I'll probably do a quick synopsis because I'm not feeling all that great. So I, I do apologize, guys. But, uh, here on Rurouni Kenshin, we continue this fight in this dude's mansion. He, of course, took, uh... Uh, 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 what is her name, uh, Megumi hostage. Of course, he wants to keep her for uh, the opium that she can create. And, you know, this guy, he is basically, like, trying to buy off Kenshin. He's like, hey, I'll give you, uh, what does he say? I'll give you five, a five-man salary. And Kenshin, like, takes a step further. He's like, okay, a 10-man salary. And then he takes another step further. And he's like, okay, okay, okay. Well, just give me, give me, give me a, an hour. And then we will, you know, have everything in order. We'll give you, uh, Megumi and everything will be fine. And you see Kenshin walk away and they're like, are you serious? You cannot be serious. You cannot believe this tyrant, this criminal, and Kenshin slices a street lamp in half and then throws it right at the mansion, completely destroying it, or like the front portion of the mansion, and he says, you have one hour, make your peace in that time, and the like head leader that the of the army that this dude has basically hired says, you've done screwed up. Basically, you don't fucked up and said he is not interested in anything you have to sell him and you've only made things worse in making him wait to save this woman. And he's and the guy says, you know, you're you're hired to to serve me. Don't give me any of your lip, whatever. And so this leader, I keep forgetting his name, goes to Megumi and it says, hey, uh, these guys are still trying to save you. And I don't know why. They're not going to make it. Here's your sword. Your short sword or whatever. And he's like, we're here because he hired he hired us. We're not here for the money, though. We just want a really good fight. They will not make it to you. So the only thing that will come is... Uh, what does it say? Kanryu. That's, that's the guy's name, Kanryu. He says, uh, what awaits you in an hour is not savior, not a savior, but Kanryu's torture. Living in torment or dying with grace, choose whichever you desire. Basically saying, you can either wait until this dude tortures you, or you can kill yourself with your own sword. But uh, they, uh, uh, Kenshin uh, and uh, some, uh, 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 Soto and Yoshi all jump into the mansion with, uh, I know his name. I know his name because they say it. I know his name. He is, 
Oh gosh. I can I can tell you. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This is so dumb. I can't believe I, uh his name is Han Hanya. So Hanya is the dude with the uh, kabuki mask and the stripes on his arms, the one that is working for Kunryu's army. Uh, the one that kind of was able to uh, negate Kenshin's uh, hectic sword attack when they were at the dojo. And the fight between them, uh, Kenshin, you know, finally sees how he is able to stretch, quote-unquote, stretch his arms. It's due to the optical illusion of the stripes on his shirt. And he's able to defeat him fairly easy after that. Uh with chapter 24, uh, it's basically just set up for the next fight with Kenshin because uh, after the fight with Han Yu or Han, Han, ya, Han Nia, sorry, uh, they keep going further into the mansion and this dude with, uh, with a giant wrecking ball, his name is uh, Shikijo, uh, stops them. And so, uh, Kenshin moves forward, and, uh, oh my god, Soto uh, is able, to, you know, he he is wanting to stay behind and fight this guy. And that is the end of uh, chapter 24. Uh, really quick reads, those three chapters. Um, I'm looking forward to reading Kenshin, of course, one of my favorite animes. Uh, so far, everything is pretty on par with the anime. Of course, this came first, but I'm really, really enjoying it. So uh, with that, guys, I thank you so much for lasting this long. I know it's almost about an hour, uh, but thank you so much. Uh, please reach out. Uh, I have a uh, email, fanboycomics at gmail.com. Man, I'm feeling way out of it. Sorry. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Fanboy Comics Podcast or Fanboy Clay. And uh, yeah, I will see you guys next week. You're saying,